great. You've been loading up on things from Walmart? Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A. You are listening to the Already Gone podcast, sharing stories of the missing, the lost, the mysterious, and the murdered. By 1996, Eric Lee Franks was a father, but he didn't know it and wouldn't find out about his daughter until 2010 when she was 15 years old. As an adoptee, having a child, someone related to him by blood would be an incredible gift, a blessing. He and his girlfriend, Kendra Firmingham, broke things off before he knew she was expecting, and she moved out of state soon after their relationship ended. Sadly, Kendra didn't tell him about their child. She was in a relationship with someone else, someone she would marry, someone who would raise Eric's daughter as his own. Eric Lee Franks grew up in Crossville, Tennessee, a town of 10,000 people about 100 miles east of Nashville. He married after high school and lived in California with his first wife. When that relationship fizzled, he made his way east to Tupelo, Mississippi, and settled down not far from his grandparents. Being close to family was important to him, and Eric would stay in Mississippi for nearly 15 years. He took a job at a local mall doing maintenance. He held that position for more than a decade and was well thought of by his bosses and co-workers. Eric's father passed away in 2006, and when his mother and sister relocated to northern Ohio, Eric moved again, wanting to be close to family. Adopted as an infant, his family was important to him. It was while he was living in Ohio that he learned of his daughter, a girl we will call Ellie. In 2010, Kendra reached out to Eric on social media. They talked about the good old days, when they were young and in love, back in Tennessee. Eric was crazy about Kendra and was happy to be in touch with her. Eric's wife was not too pleased. When Kendra told him her secret, that they had a daughter... Eric was thrilled. He told his wife that he was sorry, but he had to go to Kendra and meet his daughter. His wife wasn't happy about it, but she wouldn't come between Eric and his child. Ellie was nearly 16 years old when Eric met her for the first time. A dark-haired girl with a wide smile. No DNA tests were run, but with one look, it was easy to see that this was Eric's child. He could not believe that all the time he was living in Ohio... He was just three hours away from his daughter. Ecstatic at the news, he told his mother and sister what he'd learned and happily packed up his car, a 2001 Chevy Malibu, for the trip north. On October 25, 2010, he drove to the Saginaw area to meet his only child. Eric took his cell phone and laptop computer with him. Ellie lived with her mother and stepfather just outside of Saginaw. If you map Michigan like I do, using the back of your left hand, Saginaw, Buena Vista, and Bridgeport, Michigan, the setting for this story, are located in the corner near where your thumb intersects with your hand. 
just 20 miles south of the Saginaw Bay in Lake Huron. Eric didn't know anyone in Michigan except for Kendra Firmingham and their daughter Ellie. When Eric arrived in the area, he checked into Miller's Motel in Bridgeport. While living there for the next few months, he spent time with his daughter. Kendra helped him out financially, and Eric took odd jobs to pay his rent. Eric also kept in contact with his family in Ohio through phone calls, emails, and photos. Eric was an enthusiastic user of social media. He had active accounts on Facebook and Twitter, which he used frequently while in Michigan. Miller's Motel is a small, old-fashioned motel. It's not in a commercial area or in the heart of downtown. It's on Dixie Highway, about a mile west of I-75, and two miles southeast of downtown Saginaw in Bridgeport. Probably built in the 1950s for people making the drive up north to enjoy one of Michigan's many lakes or to hunt for one of her many deer, Miller's Motel now caters to people in need of furnished lodging for weeks or months at a time. Compact and clean, the motel is a single-story strip of connected units, another row of units across the parking lot, forming a T-shape. This is where Eric Franks called home for a few months in 2011 as he got to know his only child, and this is where he would disappear from. Eric's daughter, Ellie, was all that he'd hoped for. She was lovely, a dark-haired feminine version of himself. Seeing her was a delight for someone who, as an adoptee, had never shared a resemblance with his family. Unfortunately, a joyful and lasting relationship wasn't in the cards. Eric and Kendra argued about his role in Ellie's life. Kendra's husband, John, did not appreciate Eric's arrival in Michigan. He and Eric argued bitterly. It is rumored that Kendra and Eric rekindled their romance in late 2010. Eric wanted a relationship with his daughter, and if he could be with Kendra as well, all the better. He wanted to make up for lost time. Kendra's husband, John, who had encouraged Eric to come forward, perhaps with hopes that Eric could assist Ellie financially, now resented his presence. Maybe it was that Eric was not well off financially, or the persistent rumors about a physical relationship between Kendra and Eric made John angry and resentful. John pulled Eric aside and told him he should leave. He was no longer welcome. Harsh words were exchanged, and Kendra's husband John threatened Eric with violence if he didn't leave Michigan. Eric refused. He was not about to walk away from his child. One of the residents at the motel Eric was staying in recounted an incident from January 2011. Kendra's husband drove into the parking lot of the motel, brought his car to a screeching halt and leapt from the vehicle, hurling threats and obscenities at Eric. He concluded his tirade with something to the effect of, if you don't stop messing around, I will put a bullet in your head. Eric would vanish a few weeks later. The man who witnessed the exchange between Eric Franks and Kendra's husband, John, would leave the Saginaw area soon after. It wasn't until 2012, a year after Eric vanished, that he returned to Saginaw and saw a missing poster. Recognizing his friend from Miller's Motel, he immediately contacted police to report what he had seen and heard. Fearing for his safety, this man has protected his identity and remained anonymous, except to the police. March 14, 2011, Eric made a rent payment in the motel office. This was the last confirmed and credible sighting of Eric Franks. The motel's manager had gotten to know the tall, dark-haired man who'd been staying there since October of 2010. 
He'd even given Eric work doing odd jobs at the motel. As a frequent visitor to Miller's motel, Kendra was easily recognizable by the motel manager. When questioned about Eric's disappearance, Kendra said she'd last seen Eric on March 21st at the motel. Eric had asked her for help packing up his room and checking out. The motel manager disagrees with Kendra's version of events. He says that Kendra was at the motel by herself March 20th and 21st, packing up the room and returning the key to the office. When the manager asked her where Eric was, she said that Eric had a new job and had moved into an apartment. In the days before Kendra cleared out his motel room, Eric's cell phone, Twitter, and Facebook accounts went quiet. His many friends and family received no calls, emails, or photos from him. I've read that after being inactive from mid-March to early April, Eric's cell phone was used again to call auto salvage yards, a private home in Saginaw, and a dentist's office. These calls were placed from the Saginaw area in April of 2011. Eric's phone has not been used since. According to his cell provider, the phone never left Saginaw County. This conflicts with what Kendra told law enforcement, that Eric decided to head west and move back to California, which conflicts with the story she gave the motel manager that Eric got a job and was moving into an apartment. During the summer and fall of 2011, Kendra and John were questioned by Eric's family as well as law enforcement about his disappearance. Kendra stated the last time she saw Eric, he was in his car, driving north on Dixie Highway after leaving Miller's Motel. Kendra told someone else that she last saw Eric at her home and that he drove off in a huff after they had a disagreement. Buena Vista police were not particularly concerned by Eric's disappearance. Only after his mother started investigating on her own and learned that Eric had not checked himself out of Miller's Motel, that Kendra Firmingham, his former girlfriend, possible lover, and the mother of his child, she cleared the room out herself and turned in his key. Then the police got involved. Near the end of 2011, Kendra, John, Ellie, and Ellie's younger sister packed up and left Michigan, relocating to the Daytona Beach area of Florida. Remember how I told you that Eric Franks was an enthusiastic user of social media with active accounts on Twitter and Facebook? That he'd taken his laptop and phone with him to Michigan so he could be in touch with friends and family? Those accounts have seen no activity since mid-March 2011. Not even in 2014 when Ellie was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of breast cancer while she was still in high school. Ellie's battle was public and well-publicized with articles in the newspaper and features on television. Unfortunately, Ellie wasn't covered by health insurance to pay for her cancer treatments. Wouldn't Eric have come forward to help his daughter, his only child, in her time of need? On a happier note, Ellie is recovering and appears to be doing well. Eric Lee Franks was last seen at Miller's Motel in Saginaw. No trace of Eric or his car, a 2001 four-door Chevy Malibu in bronze mist with Ohio plates have been found. I should mention that while the car was Eric's, it was in his mother's name. If it turned up somewhere she would be contacted as the registered owner. Eric did not have a credit card, so his whereabouts cannot be traced that way. Eric's laptop has not been found. His social media accounts and blog all remain inactive. He has not contacted anyone either by phone, in person, or online since March of 2011.
At the time of his disappearance, Eric Lee Franks was 38 years old, 6 feet 1 inches tall, and approximately 170 pounds. He had black hair, brown eyes, and was wearing a titanium ring. Both of his ears are pierced. Eric also has a dental plate. Because Eric was adopted as an infant, a DNA sample to keep on file for future reference was a bit of a challenge. His mother sent one of Eric's baby teeth to NamUs, and they extracted DNA for reference against any remains that might be located. Eric's father passed away in 2006, leaving his mother and sister to search for him. Initially, the case was being investigated by police in Buena Vista, Michigan. The investigation stalled, and in 2014, at the urging of Eric's family, the Michigan State Police took over to continue to investigate the disappearance of Eric Franks. Foul play is suspected in his disappearance. Earlier this year, the Michigan State Trooper assigned to Eric's case received an award for her work closing cases from 2010 and 2013. I am optimistic that she can bring this case to closure as well. If you have information about the disappearance of Eric Lee Franks, please contact the Michigan State Police at 989-495-5555. For more information on this story, please visit our website at www.alreadygonepodcast for links to the Find Eric Franks Facebook group, which his family keeps updated with current information. The disappearance of a mid-Michigan man and his car has baffled police for years, but some new information could be a new clue in the case. Eric Franks moved from Ohio to the Bridgeport area in 2010 after discovering he had a daughter who lived in Saginaw County. But four years ago this month, Franks vanished and so did his car. ABC 12 has learned that the Michigan State Police have recently spoken to a man who says he heard Franks being threatened. Let's go down to Terry Camp in the newsroom with more on the story. You'll only see on ABC 12, Terry. Yeah, Matt, uh, police have little to go on in this missing persons case. That's what they still call it. But police say this man has given them what could be the first credible information on what might have happened to Eric Franks. Eric's a really nice guy. The man, who does not want to be identified, says he met Eric Franks in late 2010 at the Miller Motel in Bridgeport Township, where both men were staying. Franks was from Ohio, but moved to the area after a Saginaw County woman told him he was the father of her teenage daughter. And did he ever find that out? Yes, sir, he did. Um, she's actually a spitting image of him. But the man says Eric and the mother of the child did not agree on how or if Eric should become part of the girl's life. And they would argue every other day about that for several hours. The mother of Eric's child was married to another man. There was tension between the three, and one day in late 2010, the man we spoke with says he heard this threat when the husband of the woman confronted Eric. Drove screaming up the motel's driveway and skidded to a stop, jumped out and started threatening Eric and ended up telling Eric that he's going to pull a bullet in his head if he didn't stop messing around with his wife. The man, who has told this story to police, says he moved out of the area in 2011, before Eric Franks went missing. He came back to town in June 2012 and saw Eric's picture in a store. Saw that missing persons poster in the window. I knew right away that something happened. There's no reason for Eric to be missing. Now, Eric Franks, the biological daughter, her mother, and the mother's husband have all moved to Florida, and the Michigan State Police have not had a chance to talk to them since they have received this new information. We're live in the newsroom, Terry Camp, ABC 12 News.
been loading up on things from Walmart. Yeah, I used my new Capital One Walmart Rewards card. It earns unlimited 5% back on everything I buy from Walmart online. Say what? 5% back. Say what? 5% back. Say what now? 5% back. With what? The Capital One Walmart Rewards card. Earn unlimited rewards, including 5% back at Walmart online on top of Walmart's everyday low prices. What's in your wallet? Terms and exclusions apply. Capital One N.A.